Welcome to the Big Ten Review Show Podcast. I'm Josh with my co-host, Mario. What's going on, Mar? What's going on, everyone? What's up, Josh? Dude, week 10 is right around the corner. How crazy is that? Dude, it is November, and we've got the best football in front of us. Um, hey, I want to start with something that you had mentioned a few weeks back. Uh, you had mentioned that J.J. McCarthy was starting to work his way up that Heisman list. I don't know if you saw this, but as of, I think it was last week after that huge game he had versus Michigan State, he was the odds-on favorite just ahead of Michael Penix and Jane Daniels. Uh, they had a bye week last week. Uh, he's now second in the Heisman odds at plus 300, literally just behind Penix. And, and I'm looking ahead at their schedule right now. They have... Purdue this week, uh, who he should put up big numbers against. Uh, then they have a top 12 Penn State team, Maryland, and then the number one ranked Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, I know those are some tough games, but I mean, if he can continue playing at this rate against this level of competition coming up, he's winning the Heisman, right? I mean, w- without a doubt. And I had to look this up. Uh, he'd be the fourth player in Michigan's history to win it. Uh, you had Tom Harmon in 1940, Desmond Howard in 1991, uh, and Charles Woodson in 1997. And he'd be the first Big Ten player to win it since Troy Smith was 17 years ago uh i'm definitely pulling for this kid throwing a lot of information at me really quickly here i wasn't prepared for all of that i will say i mean i think he has a good chance right this best football is in front of him the best games he's got to play and let's be real the way things are lining up and we'll talk about the college football playoff we'll talk about some of the the madness going around uh college football in general but what i'm seeing right is you have michigan at number three in the college football playoff in ohio state we'll dive into that later I mean, if J.J. goes into that game and and plays like he has been against the number one team in the country and they win that game, I don't know that there's anybody that's really lighting it up. I mean, Washington also has that possibility. Penix is really great. Um, but, man, their schedule is brutal. And that we already know the Pac-12 likes to cannibalize itself. So um, while Penix has as much opportunity in front of him, I think J.J. has a pretty good shot at this. I completely agree. If there is one uh, bit of competition for J.J., it is going to be Michael Penix. They got USC this week, and I know USC has a trash defense, but it's still a big name, and if Penix can put up uh, big numbers against USC, big numbers throughout the rest of that Pac-12 schedule, and big numbers in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, it'll be tight, but I think J.J.'s got the edge right now. I will say, you mentioned trash defense, and I just, I'm intrigued to see USC come to the Big Ten right now because, man, I'm thinking like them playing Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, those three teams, like, that's really hard to move the ball on. Like, and these teams will just, they'll run all day against USC. Like, they will just keep it on the ground, they'll air it out. I mean, there's just so much talent. I can't imagine USC is going to be slowing these teams down. Yeah, USC is going to have to do something uh, recruiting-wise or, or through the transfer portal to, uh, what would you say, to prepare themselves for some of these Big Ten offenses because, man, they're just going to run right through them. I'm, I'm thinking about Michigan right now with Blake Corman, Donovan Edwards, uh, Wisconsin with a healthy Braylon Allen and Ches Uh They're not stopping any of these teams. So, No. no well, the teams will look a little different next year. And speaking of Michigan, and, and I, I think we both agreed uh, – this is kind of a sensitive subject right now um, for a lot of people out there. And so I don't think we're going to dive in too much into it. Look, you can go online. You can read everything you want about Michigan. It seems like, well, a f- Mario, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like a firm was hired by someone that no one knows who's releasing this information. Is that correct? Yeah, we're talking about the sign-stealing uh, allegations Alleg- against yeah. Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Allegedly. I want to Alleged <laughs> sign-stealing uh, allegations, correct. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it just all seems kind of like a mess to me. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems like it's almost like a witch hunt for Jim Harbaugh right now. Uh, and I don't want to make light of it, right, you know, if they bro- broke rules. But it just seems like scouting, like scouting your opponents to me. And, and if you're a team that's sensitive about getting your sign stolen – change your signs right you're playing the same teams year after year why are you going out there with the same signs game after game I don't know I would agree and look I'm not going to claim to be the expert in in signs and how they do things but I tend to agree with what you're saying here I feel like also the allegations it's I think you're allowed to steal signs and and forgive me I'm not an expert you're allowed to do it but you're not allowed to go to future opponents games and do it which just seems like there's some gray in there and that's part of the challenge that they have is there's a lot of gray in the rule book and just like NAL and and things like that. We haven't hashed it out in college football. Is it maybe frowned upon? I mean, it, it, from what I can see, it sounds like it. Um, But 
who was it? It was Deion Sanders, which I think it was Deion Sanders, who came out and said, look, you can know what's coming at you, but you got to stop it, right? It's like I'm watching the Philadelphia Eagles who line up and they're like, hey, you know what we're going to do? What are they calling it now? They changed the name of the... Are you talking about the tush push? I saw a different name for a reason recently, but they're doing the tush push and they're saying they're coming out and, and proving we're going to do it. They, they ran a, a different variation of it this week, but you have to stop it. I, I just, I don't know. I, I guess I'd be shocked to find out if more teams weren't doing something like this. I mean, you got to get every edge you can in the NFL and college are so much money involved. I don't know what to think, but hey, it's not my job to figure that out. Right, that's someone else's job right now. Though the best teams in the country are going to play each other. Michigan's got to play Ohio State. Michigan's got to play Penn State. There is nothing that like everything's out in the open now, right? So who knows what's going to happen? I, I think that you're going to see the best teams put their best foot forward um, going forward with this. But it, it, it's crazy. I think I actually have lost a little bit of trust in this process. At first, I was like. Man, this is kind of crazy, the sign-stealing allegations. And then it's been like the firm dropping something every day at like 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's like, okay, now it's a bit much, and now it feels like a witch hunt, like you said. It's starting to feel like reality television, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. There's not, I mean, Bama's kind of having a down year. It's just... Caleb Williams, who was supposed to be the poster child for college football, is kind of have is kind of tapering off a little bit. I don't. They need a story. I, I don't know. They need a story. I know. Can we get back to college football? That's what I want to get about. And we're going to trans transition here because I feel like in the NFL, the story has gotten away from football. It's gotten to something else, right? And and college football is now it's less about the actual games because there's no upsets this year. Caleb Williams has dipped off. Let's let's go after whatever the the hot button is. We got a firm that's at, you know investigating into a team let them do that it's 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 not guilty and proven until proven innocent it's innocent until proven guilty as far as i'm concerned and so leave it let the football be played and look if they come back and say hey rules are broken well they deserve what what it's coming to them right so i we're done talking about that if you're good with it i don't want to talk about it i'm ready to talk football man that's what i'm about uh... i think that's what you're about Let's talk because there was a bit of news yesterday. The first college football rankings came out yesterday. Yeah, that's big, man. That's what um, I'm stoked about. See, I, I was too, and I saw the rankings. I'm not going to put too much stock into these first rankings because last year, if, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Tennessee was number one uh, last <laughs> year in the initial right. rankings. And what what the heck happened to Tennessee, right? They were nowhere by the end of the year. So um, there are two things, though, Josh, that caught my eye right, right at the top. Ohio State being ranked number one ahead of Georgia. Um, them being ahead of Michigan doesn't really matter right now because they play each other in a few weeks. We all know that. I want to say a couple of things. Let's stop it at Ohio State. Number one, I do think it matters. And I think you think it matters too because we, we, t- we were texting about this. What if Michigan or Ohio State goes to Michigan? Michigan wins by three points on a last minute field goal. Is Ohio State dropping to five? I don't think so. So initially when we were texting the other night, I thought that too, but that, I, the more I think about it, the Pac-12 is so good this year. If 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 Washington can run the table, they're getting in. They're, they're not keeping Washington out, Agreed. especially because it's the last year of the Pac-12. They're not keeping Washington out. If Florida State runs the table, they're not keeping Florida State out. So then, And if Georgia runs the table, they're not keeping Georgia out. So then the loser of that Michigan-Ohio State game, even if it's Ohio State and it's a close game, I think they drop from one to five. I think they're out just because of the other teams ahead of them. And, and we, Interesting. The, the even though Michigan Ohio State both made the playoff last year and they both lost in heartbreaking fashion, uh, I, I don't know. It, it almost leaves a bad taste in some people's mouth, right? Two Big Ten teams got in, two True. Big Ten teams got eliminated in the first round. So I don't know. I, uh, I I was a little surprised that Ohio State was ranked ahead of the Bulldogs. I, Georgia defending champs haven't lost, um, haven't looked great this year, but they still should. Um, I don't know. They should. I just feel like they should still have that number one spot. I guess strength of schedule, some big wins for Ohio State, right? They got a win right now over number 15, Notre Dame, a win over number 11, Penn State. Still a little surprising to me. The second thing, though, uh, that caught my eye was Alabama being ranked eighth. That's ridiculous, right? They're I mean, slowly sneaking up, man. Yeah, they're slowly they're seven, sneaking up. They're seven and one, but they don't belong in the top 10. I don't know. I, I just don't think they do. What are your thoughts? You know, I don't disagree, but Bama has that effect, right? It's the name Alabama, and they are getting a little better. 
And I, I guess my challenge is I look at this and I say, what teams are better than Alabama? Is Oklahoma better than Alabama? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I, well, could probably I, I would say so because but. Texas beat Bama, Oklahoma beat Texas, right? Yeah. Well, I, you, can, you can play that all day. You can play that game all day. I don't, I don't know if that's the reason, but I do think Oklahoma is a better football team. Ole Miss, maybe. I don't know. Penn State? Uh, you know what? Penn State's offense has looked pretty anemic, kind of like Bama's. I don't know right now. I do think Penn State has a better defense, so maybe. So I, I guess you could put Bama there, but I think that'll shake itself out over time. I think the big thing is, like you said, that that top four, man. And do you, So you think Georgia should be above Ohio State? I do right now. I mean, just, just with them being the defending champions, um, I— they, again, they haven't looked fantastic this year. They did lose their all-world tight end in Brock Bauer, so that hurts them. Um, but I still would put Georgia at number one over Ohio State. Um, another thing, too, a, a team that a lot of people were picking for their Final Four in the preseason, a lot of people were picking USC uh, to be in that college football playoff. They're ranked at, what, 24 right now? 20, they're going to be out of it. 20 in the college football playoff Yeah, ranking. They're going to be out of it next week because they're playing Washington this week, and they're they're not beating Washington. So it's kind of crazy to me that USC is going to fall all the way out of that top 25. Well, can I can I share something with you? I am I hate to say it. I actually like Washington. I'm rooting against them this week because I want two Big Ten schools. And also, if they lose, that means JJ moves up. And here's here's what I'm secretly hoping for. Marvin Harrison Jr. Can we please stop making this a quarterback award for the Heisman ceremony? We should have Marvin Harrison Jr. in there. And that's so that's why I'm rooting for USC. Completely agree. A- absolutely. Marvin Harrison Jr. should be in that. Uh, his uh, consolation prize is going to be what? The Bolitnikoff? You know, best receiver yeah. in the country, but he-, he deserves to be in that Heisman race. Absolutely. Every once he in does. a while, you get a running back sneak in there. Uh, it's not too often, but it would be nice to see Marvin Harrison get acknowledged. I agree. And I, I'll look, I'll share. I think Ohio State deserves it. And maybe it's because I'm a homer for the Big Ten. Um, they have the best wins. Notre Dame is not a bad football team. That game, you can call it however you want it. Not a bad football team. They beat them. They beat Penn State, who's number 11. I think the eye test is telling you that Penn State has some some gaps. We'll find out next week when they play Michigan. And then Camp Randall is a super hard place to win. I don't care how you cut it up. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot about this team. I think we're going to see at this point they've 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 won the games. The eye test is telling us something different. But man, they got look at this: Rutgers, who's not a bad football team; Michigan State, who maybe is a bad football team; Minnesota, not playing very good offense; and then Michigan. That's not really a heavy lift going up to to go to Ann Arbor. Michigan, on the other hand, has Purdue. Probably not that tough of a game. But then they have Penn State at Penn State, Maryland, a not a, a sleeper, and then Ohio State. Like they could potentially win these games and ramp up to to beat Michigan here. Completely agree. Real quick, right back to Georgia. Just for just for I have one last thought on that. Ohio State did lose a game this year. It was two minutes into the year. It was to Georgia. That's a good point. Let's, let's not forget that their last loss was to Georgia. So that's a good point. Two minutes Actually, after midnight I, on, on uh, January 1st. I would beg to differ that Ohio State did not lose that game to Georgia. Ohio State lost that game to Ohio State. Um, Fair point. <laughs> the missed field goal. I mean, I still remember sitting there watching. I couldn't decide if I'm watching the ball drop or if I had to watch this game. But um, regardless, uh, I think we were all pretty excited about the college football playoff rankings, right? Absolutely. I, I mean, it's fluid. It's going to change weekly, but it, it's nice to have a real ranking and not just eight people. Yeah. Well, so last week, we'll just quickly hit on some of these games, man. We talked about Ohio State winning in Camp Randall, um, Penn State beating Indiana, Northwestern beating Maryland. I still don't understand how that happened. I don't get that. All I'm going to say is jokingly, kind of jokingly, a couple weeks ago, I said I'm rooting for Northwestern to win the West. I'm not joking anymore. I want Northwestern to win the West. I mean, they could still become bowl eligible. That's, I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Dude, they could. I think they could win the West. They have three losses in the conference. Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska all have two. I don't know. They're going to need a lot to uh, happen, but, I mean, that would be remarkable. <laughs> if they won the West, that would be absolutely <laughs> remarkable. I will say what 
it's turn it's turning around in a big way for them. They they look much improved. I think you said they were going to win negative one games this year, and they are now four and four. So really happy for Northwestern. Minnesota beats Michigan State twenty seven to twelve. Yeah, no surprise there. And no surprise there. And Nebraska beats Purdue. Nebraska quietly having a pretty decent season. They're five and three now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that change at quarterback from uh, Jeff Sims to to Harburg has made a world of difference. It really has. It's it's they're just consistent. It's amazing what uh, protecting the football does. Uh, Jeff Sims was treating at... the ball like it was a grenade. He was just he'd get in <laughs> and just toss it right away. It was it was insane. He had he was averaging like four turnovers a game his first three weeks. So it I don't was, know. It was not pretty, but regardless, he's they're getting that figured out in Nebraska, which is exciting because they've been like on the cusp for like three years with Scott Frost. So to see them finally turn in the corner a little bit, I think that team is going to be a force in the next couple of years when we bring in some of those school those uh, top schools from the the Pac twelve. Yeah, absolutely. I got a lot of faith in Matt Rule to turn that thing around. And uh, uh, it's more so, you know, what coach players want to play for now, right, with the transfer portal. So I I think, you know, give him two, three seasons to get his guys in there. I think Nebraska is going to be a force. No doubt. Well, Mar, why don't we take a short break? I want to come back and we've got a handful of football games. We've got I want to talk a little bit about the next week, too, because there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. And we have some good games this week. But let's take a short break and we'll come back. Let's do it. We are back, Mar. We got a few games to go through. I think this is actually kind of an exciting week, not so much for the Big Ten, but for college football in general, because there's some really good games. But let's start with the first game of the week at noon. Uh, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes going to Rutgers. Rutgers is surprisingly six and two. For a lot of people, they'd be surprised. Ohio State is favored by about eighteen and a half right now, and I'm looking at it. What are you looking at in this game? Yeah, I mean, as good as Rutgers has been at times this year, I'm not really expecting too much from this game. Um, we all know on defense, Rutgers is pre- pretty good, uh, and they can stop the run. Unfortunately, they're playing against a top-tier passing offense this week. Um, top five passing offense in the country right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, and it's not because of Cal McCord, even though, I mean, he's been pretty good this season. Josh, I was looking through his numbers this morning, right? He's kind of progressing as the season's going. Um, and look at his numbers, nearly 2,200 yards passing so far, 14 touchdowns, only three picks. He's been good, but I'd call them a top five passing attack because of the weapons. I mean, they got on the outside, Harrison Jr., Cade Stover, Ibuka, Tate, Fleming. Uh, those are all NFL prospects lining up out there. Um, I, I just think Rutgers is going to have a really tough time slowing them down. And, and I just think Looking ahead at Ohio State's schedule, um, you had mentioned it early on, but I mean they're going to roll into that Michigan game at the end of the year with with so much momentum. Rutgers this week, then Michigan State, then Minnesota. Uh, those should all be three comfortable wins coming into the big house in Ann Arbor. Um, back to this game real quick. I, I think Rutgers will obviously need to run the ball, control the clock, do their best to keep Ohio State's offense off the field. Um, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to. Ohio State is an elite defense. Uh, we saw that two weeks ago against Penn State. Uh, they didn't allow anything on the ground to Penn State, so I don't expect them to allow too much on the ground here to Rutgers. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a long afternoon for Rutgers. You know, I, I'm surprised you're as tough on Rutgers as possible. I think they can slow them down, but what is a little surprising is, is maybe not surprising, but McCord has done everything that has been asked of him. You know, he, he there's been nothing flashy. He's not Justin Fields. He's not C.J. Stroud, but he's done everything that's asked of him, which isn't too much. And when they needed to win games, you know what he's done? He's won games. I looked at this line and I thought, gosh, that's a little heavy for this game. I think we're going to start to see Ohio State open it up a little bit. I think Ohio State is is going to be open, not necessarily opening the playbook up, but maybe a little bit to get McCord more comfortable to ramp it up. I think this game is going to be a little tougher for Rutgers, but I, I don't think that it's because Rutgers can't compete. I think their defense is pretty solid. I think Ohio State, though, is ready to turn it up, ready to open it up, give McCord a little bit more. They He's won some games for them late. He's he's done what he's needed to do. He's got three picks on the year. Like He's he's kept the ball. He's got it to his weapons. I think it could be fun to watch, and I'm, I'm excited to see Ohio State here, the number one team in the country. So r- real quick, um, we got some big lines this week, right? You mentioned like 18 points here. Michigan's got a big line. Um, I think we're going to see some high-scoring games in the Big Ten this week. In the last two weekends, remember, we've had some bad weather here in, in the Midwest. So we've had a lot of rain. 
a lot of high winds in some of these games. They're supposed to have really nice weather this weekend, a little chilly, but the weather's supposed to be ideal for football. So I think we're going to see some of these teams put up some big numbers. A little chilly? This is like football season, man. This is football weather. What do you mean? It's still going to be a little chilly, but no wind, no rain. Uh, It's going to be ideal for some of these offenses. Wisconsin is going to Indiana in the next game, and it is going to be 48 degrees. I believe if you're from Wisconsin, that is called summer. Wisconsin <laughs> at noon is going to Bloomington. Indiana's two and six right now. It's been kind of a tough year. Wisconsin, as I look at this, favored by eight and a half. What are you looking at here? Uh, so both these teams, looking back, had, had pretty tough opponents last week. Uh, they both played against really good defenses, right? Wisconsin lost to Ohio State, and Indiana lost to Penn State. Um, Wisconsin's a, a big favorite in this one. You mentioned it, but uh, if I'm being honest, Indiana looked a lot better than they did last week. Uh, the Badgers got banged up last week. They already lost Malushi for the season. Now it looks like Braylon Allen is doubtful for this game. Uh, they've got some injuries in the receiving core, and, and with Tanner Mordecai out, they're not really getting any sort of good play at quarterback either. To be fair, uh, Locke, the guy that stepped in, is getting a little better, but he's still not there yet. Uh, and they're going up against a team that put up a really good fight last week versus Penn State. Uh, Josh, I think like Indiana was what, like a 32 point underdog last week. And and all of a sudden, uh, there they are lighting up Penn state last week. They threw all over Penn state secondary Soresby had his best game. I I thought the offense had their best game in weeks. Uh, and that new OC for, uh, for Indiana, it finally looked like they were putting some things together. The play calling was a lot better. Uh, let's see if that continues moving forward. I I think it's going to be an interesting game. What are your thoughts on this one? I think that that game against Penn State was more to do with what Penn State was doing than Indiana. I felt like there was coverage busts galore. Penn State could, did not play their best football. I think coming off a, a lackluster performance, you know, you kind of lose some of the momentum when you lose an important game like the one they did with Ohio State. I think that's probably what the bounce back was. Indiana's defense has been sneakily decent this year. Not good, but decent. Um, you know, they gave – Ohio State fits to start the year a little bit, which is a little funky. If you remember week, I think week one, week zero, week whatever we have. Um, I, I However, and I think this game could be a little tight. I think eight and a half makes sense for this game. However, I think Wisconsin will find a way. Although the over-under is 44 and a half as I look at it, and I'm looking at that going, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's going to be that much offense. I don't know, man. I think it's an interesting game. When I was looking at my picks this morning, I was kind of going back and forth, back and forth. So uh, yeah. still don't know who I'm taking. Me too. Well, we got, uh, speaking of lack of on- offense, we have two other games that are going to be lack of offense, I think. Nebraska and Michigan State again here. Nebraska's favored by three in East Lansing. Man, Michigan State is two and six. Gosh, that's a really tough. I know how much the Spartan fans care for their team, and that is really tough to see. No, they're not going to be happy with me here. Uh, really low total. I think I saw 34 <laughs> points. Look, 34. Michigan State's awful. I- I'm sorry. They just are. Uh, they're not a good team. Uh, they're bad on offense. They're bad on defense. They have a makeshift coaching staff right now. It's just kind of a disaster right now in East Lansing. Uh, last two weeks, they've lost by a total of 76 to 12 against Minnesota and Michigan. Uh, now, I don't feel too comfortable with this Nebraska team either, but I mean, at least for them, I'm seeing a little bit of improvement. They're on a three-game win streak. Uh, they went on the road a few weeks ago and beat Illinois. Uh, they beat Northwestern two weeks ago, who we talked about earlier, it is starting to get better and better each week, uh, and they beat down Purdue last week. Uh, they're starting to play better, uh, and they're improving as the season's going on. Uh, Harbor, we mentioned him earlier, been a huge upgrade for them uh, from Jeff Sims at quarterback. I mean, he, he's not lighting it up. Uh, but at least he's taking care of the ball and isn't turning it over every other possession. Um, what are your thoughts here, Josh? Uh, Michigan State's a bad football team, man. Uh, here's the thing. It was kind of rough to watch them lose 49-0 to to their rival in a huge rivalry game. You could hear by the third quarter, it was there was no Spartan fans in that stadium. Um, that was pretty rough to see, um, and I think that might be their rock bottom. So it's, it's about... How do they rebound? How do they respond? I tell you what, if I'm a Spartan fan right now, I'm looking forward to the off season so that we can get a coaching staff. We can figure out what the future looks like. But I do want to ask real quick, are you seeing there's still some murmurs of Urban Meyer to Michigan State? I think that'd be wild. I uh, I mean, he's, he's familiar with, with Big Ten football. He's familiar with the recruiting grounds in the Big Ten. I just think Urban just got so much stink on him. I don't know. 
Do you think he hates Michigan so much he would do it just to <laughs> be, go beat Michigan? <laughs> um, you know what? I think if Urban Meyer takes a job at Michigan State, out of nowhere, you're going to start hearing a lot more Jim Harbaugh rumors about Jim Harbaugh did this or Jim Harbaugh did that. <laughs> and they're all going to somehow trace back to East Lansing. So I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked by it. But I, yeah, I, I can't act like I'm super stoked about this game. I'm I'm with the Spartan fans on this one. I'm ready for their season to end so they can just restart. Um, this is going to be a, a, a in a few years, just a blip on the radar of a very tough season, an era that Spartan fans are not going to want to remember. Yeah, I mean, if they then can get, get real quick, I'm sorry, if they can get a, a coach in there, um, give them give them a season or two, right, to recruit, to uh, you know, get a class through the transfer portal. I, I think they can turn you know turn this around quite quickly. So they're um, going to. There's no doubt in my mind. This is going to be a football team to be reckoned with in a couple of years again. It just hasn't worked out in their favor. Absolutely agree. Let's go through one more game and then we'll uh, we'll take a short break. But we got Penn State, number eleven Penn State, Nittany Lions going to Maryland. Maryland coming off a rough loss. Penn State favored by eight and a half um, in College Park. Here, I, I I actually don't know what to make of this game. I just feel like Tagovailoa. If I'm going to look at it, I think he's going to struggle against the top tier defense that Penn State has. But what are your thoughts? I mean, a few weeks ago, I would have been a lot more excited for this game. Uh, my excitement's kind of tapered off a little bit. A rough two weeks for Penn State, lost to Ohio State, and then, like we talked about earlier on this podcast, a rough game versus Indiana last week. I, I thought their secondary got exposed in both those games. Uh, and I was, if I was a fan of this Penn State team, the fact that Indiana just torched my secondary would really worry me because Maryland hasn't been great lately, but the, it's not their offense's fault, right? They're still putting up good numbers, especially through the air. It's really been their defense that has let them down. So I, I'd look for Penn State to try to uh, get their ground game back on track, uh, track, control the clock, and, and keep ta- uh, Talia on that Maryland offense off the field, and, and then quickly to get to Maryland, uh, a team that we thought might just be, uh, you know, just behind those top three teams in the East, uh, a team that I was lobbying for to be in the top 25, lost three in a row now, losses to Ohio State, Illinois, and Northwestern. They're erratic right now. I honestly... I don't know what to expect each week going into these games from them. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, the offense has been okay, but um, they just need more consistent play from Talia. They need much better play from their defense. Uh, right now, both these teams are kind of disappointing a little bit, and I know that sounds harsh, especially for Penn State, but, I mean, you can't watch the last two weeks and, and come out feeling great about what you saw. And knowing that they have Michigan coming up next week, maybe they start to look ahead a little bit here. Uh, I'm really not sure what to expect from this game. What do you think, Josh? Kind of more of the same. I don't know. I, I I just am not sold on Maryland. You know, now we, we look back and thought, man, they were a really good football team, but their wins were against Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, Michigan State. And then you're like, okay, they beat Indiana. Cool. Well, well, now, all right, they've lost to Ohio State. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Northwestern. I think it's we're probably seeing reality a little bit more uh, with this team. And Penn State, I, I, I do worry a little bit about them looking forward. I think you're spot on with your assessment here. I think that's the reason this game looks a little bit closer uh, when you look at the spread. Ultimately, Penn State's defense is for real. That is a very good defense. And I know James Franklin is not going to be happy after all those big plays against Indiana. They're going to be ready to go. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think that's the most intriguing game on the schedule this week. So Interesting. All right. Well, let's take a short break. We've got three more games to go through. I do want to hit on a couple of the games throughout uh college football and then we got our picks let's do it and we are back mar we got three more games and i'm gonna kick us off with this first one here illinois at minnesota this is a tough one in my opinion who you're gonna pick um illinois here at three and five minnesota at five and three i'm pretty like i'm kind of lost here because both offenses have not really shown a lot i don't even know where to pick yeah, so I, I liked both these teams coming into the season. I haven't really been a fan of either of these offenses, though, up to this point. Uh, Minnesota's dealing with some injuries. Their, their top two running backs are both questionable here, which hurts them quite a bit. Uh, I don't have too much faith in their quarterback, Kelly Kmanis. Uh, if, if Illinois wants to qualify for a bowl game, they got to start putting together some wins, and, and it's almost got to start happening now for them. Uh, they are coming off a bye this week, Josh. I, I think they need uh, Altmaier, their quarterback, to pick it up a little. Uh, that front seven that we talked about so much coming into this year has been a little disappointing. Uh, need them to show up here, uh, especially for this final stretch of the season. What do you think? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It, Illinois doesn't have a shot, I don't think, at the Big Ten West right now. And I think that's probably the difference in this game. Minnesota's playing for something, right? Minnesota's 5-3. and three. They are 3-2 three and two in the Big Ten. They are currently leading the Big Ten West. They, I mean, I think it would be a win if they went into the Big, Big Ten title game. And if they got blown out by Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, you know what? Fine. Like, you got there. So I think Minnesota probably has the edge in this game. I can't – I'm not going to be honest. With, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. I'm not super excited about this game and these offenses right now. I I enjoy good defensive battles. I don't enjoy bad offensive performances, and I feel like we've seen more of that. Yeah, I'm going to be stopping in to watch this one just to see Johnny Newton. You uh, have to watch it. But th- that's really about it. Yeah, I think the good thing is nowadays you can watch more than one game at a time. And that is my game plan. And speaking of one game at a time, more than one game at a time, there's Iowa and Northwestern. The but Iowa has a following, and don't forget they're six and two. I know they're your team. They have literally everybody injured on the offense. I mean, I say that jokingly, but kind of not. The over under on this game, Iowa against Northwestern in uh, in Chicago, the over under is thirty point five. That's embarrassing. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, this should be fun, right? Um, so Josh, I had here a note to myself, uh, and it said, you say this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is gonna be so much fun. You're so a sicko. I wrote a note to myself here. It said, think of a joke for Iowa's offense to kick off this segment. Uh, but I think they already did that to themselves, right? Two weeks ago, <laughs> uh, right before their bye, 12 points versus Minnesota, barely over a hundred yards through the air, 11 yards on the ground, 11 yards on the ground, Josh, uh, this is going to be a repeat of, of last year, isn't it? Where, where Iowa kind of had the West, and, and then they kind of gave it away in the final weeks. Um, I don't know, man. I get that they have a ton of injuries right now, like you mentioned. But it, it just feels to me like uh, it, it's another bad offense with another below-average quarterback for this Iowa Hawkeyes team. Uh, but then as far as Northwestern goes, um, it, we talked about it. This is kind of amazing what they've been able to do this season, right? Brand-new head coach. They're 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They've played well this past month. Uh, they beat Maryland last week. Might be a little tricky here, though. Iowa is coming off a bye. Uh, they still have an elite defense. They still have Cooper DeGene, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Uh, if Iowa can just run the ball and be average on offense, just, just be average. That's all I'm asking for. Uh, I think that defense is good enough to give Northwestern a lot of trouble here. What do you think? You know, you say it's going to be fun. I'm actually kind of excited for this game because I'm rooting for Northwestern the rest of the way, not just because of playing Iowa, but just the rest of the way. Um, this will be an interesting game nonetheless. I, I just want to dial back. Can we agree that that was not a fair catch call by Cooper DeGene on that, that game? Yeah, that was weird. I, I, I don't know. I thought well, he was well, waving well, off his guys, right? Happen? I thought he, he was, was waving it, off his guys coming back so they get out of the way so the ball didn't hit him and, yeah. I, I was frustrated to see that because it was it was uh, uh gosh I I don't want to be like disrespectful it was a really poor performance I think overall offensively from both those teams but I was excited to see that Cooper DeGene makes a splash play and they call it off and I it, it just uh, from my understanding it's the right call but nobody ever calls it you know what I mean and and that was tough to see. Um, additionally, Iowa, uh, there's some rumors swirling that uh, the offensive coordinator's out, Brian Ferentz. So um, that will, I wonder if that'll shake things up. Um, I think that's a good move for, for Iowa after watching this Iowa offense over the past few years. Yeah, I think that's a great move. Your Iowa Hawkeyes offense, I they need to shake it up. That's just the reality of it. But we have one more game. It's a nightcap. Uh, we have, and, and gosh, there's a lot of good games at at this nightcap, uh, which I'm excited about, and I'll hit on in a minute. But we have Purdue, the spoiler makers at two and six. Usually, not spoiler makers at two and six, but the spoiler makers going to Ann Arbor. Michigan is a little distracted. They've had some issues. We've, we've heard about all this in the background. Don't forget Jim Harbaugh. There's rumors coming out that he's getting a new contract too. Like, there's a ton of stuff going on. What Michigan team are we going to see coming out? This game is probably over early. But if not, the spoiler maker is going to show up. Yeah, I mean, this is a repeat of last year's Big Time Championship game. Um, we talked about J.J. McCarthy earlier in this podcast when we were talking about uh, Heisman odds. He's been exceptional this season. And, and I mentioned Kyle McCord's numbers earlier. Let me just, let me just mention J.J.'s numbers real quick because I think it's important. 1,800 yards through the air, almost 200 yards on the ground, 18 passing touchdowns, only three picks, 78% completion percentage, and three rushing touchdowns. 
he's playing unbelievable right now. And I feel really good about my preseason prediction uh, that he'd break the single season passing touchdown record for the Wolverines. I think he's only like six away now. He's going to break that record. Um, Purdue's got a terrible defense. I, I think we'll see another big day from JJ. Uh, I think we'll see a really productive day from their ground game. I'm expecting Corman Edwards to put up big numbers, at least in the first half. Um, big picture for Michigan. Uh, they have the most difficult final stretch out of all these Big Ten teams. I think you talked about it earlier. Uh, on the road next week in Happy Valley versus Penn State. On the road the week after that in, in College Park versus Maryland. And then at home against the number one team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, I had an interesting thought earlier um, when I was looking at this schedule. Um, let's toss this Purdue game out. They, they should win comfortably. Uh, Ohio State obviously presents their biggest challenge of the season, right? The Buckeyes can run the ball and the Buckeyes can pass the ball as well as almost anyone in the country. I think that the Penn State game for Michigan is going to really test their rush defense, right? Singleton and Allen are elite, and I think Michigan is going to have their hands full stopping those guys. And then Maryland, as bad of an October as Wait, they did had— Did you say the, rush ga- the run game is elite? For Penn State, yes. I know the last two Ooh, weeks have been rough. I, don't know. I know the past two weeks have been rough, but when you look at uh, Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, those I think are two, elite athletes. Those are two really good running backs with a really, really good offensive line at Penn State. They just had a rough two weeks. Uh, so I think Michigan's run game is really going to get tested in that Nittany Lion game. And then the week after against Maryland, right? Maryland's had a bad month, but I mean, they still have a really good passing attack. Tonga Bailoa can sling that ball. Uh, I think that game is going to present an interesting challenge for Michigan secondary. So I think as tough as this final stretches for the Wolverines, in an odd way, it's almost preparing them for that Ohio State game. What do you think? I think it is preparing them. I don't... I. I'm, look, I'm going to go back and say I don't think Penn State's running game is elite. I don't think I think they have elite athletes, and I do think they're going to test Michigan. Michigan's strength is their D line, probably. If you're going to look at it, um, their, oper- their their biggest gap is probably that secondary. And so I, I don't can Drew Aller expose that? I don't know, but I do think it it gets them ready for the next game. And then Maryland is just it's the perfect. Hey, what are you going to run against Ohio State? Put it out now. Like let's 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 prepare it. You got some reps in place. I completely agree. I think we are heading to that showdown. I think we're going to see one, two, one, three, whatever they're at with rankings, and it is going to be a hateful game. It is going to be like it is the game, right? And I think we're all going to be really excited for that. Um, this week, though, I, a couple things, man. I'm I am intrigued by this Michigan game, if I'm being honest with you, with with Purdue. And it's for a couple reasons. One, there's a lot of distractions going on in Ann Arbor. There is a lot. You can you can say whatever you want. You could say this is all bogus. You could say, look, man, I don't believe any of it. But when that's all you hear, like when when you have a firm that is dropping a new report every single day, these are young men who have you know, different platforms, social media platforms that they go on, they go to classes, they do all these things, and you're hearing it everywhere you go. There's no way you can't get in your head a little bit. And the other piece is Jim Harbaugh is really not, as a coach, he's a fantastic coach, but he has a really hard time after breaks. Think about the two last college football playoffs. Think about the bye weeks. They come out sluggish. This game, I, I for Michigan's sake, I hope they come out firing, but I do you think there's a possibility that they don't? That's a very good point about Michigan and bye weeks because we've you and I have talked about that in the past, offline and on this podcast. Michigan seems to struggle after you know an extended period of time off. Um, going back to all those reports coming out, it's almost like I just thought it's almost like they're they're trying to create a narrative to make Michigan the villain, right? It it sure feels like it for yeah. years. That's been Alabama. Right. Unless you, you know, you live in Tuscaloosa. But for years, it's been Alabama and Nick Saban are the villain. They're the big bad guy coming in. They're the final boss in a video game that you got to defeat. Right. And with, with Bama kind of being down, it's almost like, hey, college football needs a villain. Right. And it's almost like they're trying to create that with Jim Harbaugh. So I, I don't know. Yeah, the the hamburger incident. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on it, that and this. And it like conveniently came out, number one, right before a rivalry game against Michigan State and number two uh right when Michigan has the odds they're the odds favorite to win the national title and all this starts rolling out at once it it was too convenient and that's part of the reason I'm a little skeptical of the whole situation at this point it's too convenient with everything that's coming out now again if rules are broken rules are broken you the punishment is is whatever the NCAA decides and you can't argue it um 
But I, we'll be intrigued. This game, there's a little more intrigue to it. I'm going to watch the first quarter at the very least until we see what happens, in the at least the first half, until we see what's going on. All right, I'm not going to get too far into this, but I think the latest thing that came out was one of the Michigan assistants was undercover on the sideline of a game between Central Michigan and Michigan State. If ever you find yourself in a situation where you got a, a fake mustache, glasses, and a hat pulled down real low, you're doing something wrong. That, that's all I'm going to say. And it's not so, Halloween. Yes, if it's Halloween, yeah. I understand. Yeah, the, you're, was, you're in the wrong if you ever find yourself in that situation. So I don't know. I'm just curious to see uh, what information is going to come out tomorrow and uh, what information is going to come out Saturday and next week. And because it's a, it's a drop, it's a you know, it's a drip feed. It's funny. It's, I was like, it was a drip feed. I was at first. I was like reading every article I could, and then I'm like, all right, it's day three. Okay, it's day four. Like, all right, I don't need the drama. I don't need to hear about who's dating who in the NFL. I don't need to hear about. Uh, Michigan's latest drama, let the NCAA decide, right? Like that that's the thing. So I think the most intriguing thing we're going to find out about this, who hired that firm? But let's move on. Let's talk about... Urban Meyer. Um, no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I, don't, I wouldn't go that route. I, look, it's probably... It could be anybody. Let's just put it that way. It could be anybody. It could be any team. It could be the NCAA just doing it themselves, um, which I'm, I'm not saying they are. We have no idea, right? But we have some other games this weekend, which I am so stoked for. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of intrigues that like could benefit the Big Ten. It could affect the Big Ten negatively. Number one, Missouri is number 12 in the nation. They're going to Georgia. Look out, Georgia. Yes, they have looked good the last two weeks. They have not looked good outside of that. Yeah, that's a big game. I'm curious to see how Georgia looks because that's their, actually that's their uh, first-ranked matchup of the season. So let's see how they look, you know. Let's see how they come well, out. You know, they, they had Kentucky and they beat the the they beat Kentucky handedly. But uh, I, I do I am intrigued by this because the the committee believes in Missouri. They got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That's a rivalry game. That'd Oklahoma is kind of one of those teams that's taken up. Um, and then there is two more games of intrigue. And this is the hard part is this is all going on during the Michigan Purdue game, so it's going to be one of those like four box screens. Washington goes to USU. Talked about that. I do think Washington wins this football game, but USC could win. Caleb Williams is still one of the best players in college football. That's an interesting game. For USC to win, they're going to have to put up 72 points. That's my prediction because they're not going to stop. In the first half? They're not going to stop Washington's offense. Michael Penix is going to have six touchdowns, maybe seven touchdowns. The only thing is Penix has looked a little off the last couple weeks. And so I think that kind of makes you think that they catch that they catch Washington at the right time or the wrong time, however you want to look at that. I don't know. But thankfully, they staggered it by 15 minutes. We got one more game after that. You got LSU and Bama, which is another really good football game. And you just talked about Bama at 8. And by the way, you said Bama at 8 and LSU is actually at 14. I've been even less impressed by LSU to put them at 14. That is... I don't know how you get get there. Yeah, LSU another not great defense, right? Which is surprising for LSU. They gave up was it 750 yards earlier in the season? It, I don't remember who that was. The Kansas, but like not not very impressed with either of those teams. Not really impressed with the SEC right now outside of Georgia. I, well, Bama and even just Georgia kinda... hasn't been Georgia, the typical Georgia, right? We'll see. We're gonna find out this week. Georgia plays. Uh, Missouri, they play Ole Miss next week, who's a top 10 team, according to the College Football Playoff Committee. Again, we talk about Washington. They have USC, then they play Utah. Utah's a very good defense. Um, Oregon, number six. Next week, they play USC. Like We're starting to have some really fun games. And then don't forget the big game next week, Michigan and Penn State. I am just ecstatic for that game. Is I'm that hoping be both a noon kickoff? That's noon. Big noon okay. kickoff. Cool. Um, big noon kickoff. That's going to be a really fun game. Although, I gotta say, I love big noon, but can we do big nighttime kickoff? <laughs> why did they use? Why didn't they use their whiteout for this game? Why did they pick? Why, what was it? The Iowa game, Penn State, Iowa. Yeah, I, it was. I would imagine we're still going to see Penn State white, the whole stadium white. But I, I agree. I don't know. There must be some sort of contractual obligation or something. I don't know. I don't. Know. Still right? a huge game. I'm stoked absolutely stoked to watch that game that place is going to be raucous but mar we have to get through our picks man let's do it all right let's get it started i'm gonna surprise you with some of these 
No, you're not. I'd be. I'm just gonna look at the odds-on favorite. We got Ohio State going to Piscataway to play Rutgers. Who you got? Well, I'm not gonna surprise you with this one though, because I'm gonna take Ohio State here. <laughs> I, I think they. I think they win comfortably. I do too. I would normally say Rutgers competes a little bit because I, I like Rutgers, but Ohio State starts getting it going. They're getting ready for Michigan. We got Ohio State winning. Wisconsin at Indiana. I just think with all the injuries right now for Wisconsin. Indiana's got the upper hand. I'm taking the upset here. I got Indiana winning this game. Wow. I'm actually shocked. I was going to pick the same, and because you said that, I am taking Wisconsin. No, I, I do think Wisconsin's got enough, but I agree with you. This one I was wrestling with, man. This is Indiana's not as bad as the record shows. They're not. They're actually playing well right now, and this was just one of those games that was tough to pick. Nebraska going to East Lansing against the Spartans who are reeling. Who you got? I'm taking Nebraska. I, I think Michigan State is a mess right now, and I think the Cornhuskers are going to take it to them on Saturday. Yeah, Cornhuskers by a billion. Penn State at Maryland. I'm going to take Penn State, and I hope to see a little more out of this team going into that Michigan game next week. They're angry. I'm telling you, they're angry after the big plays they gave up last week. Penn State's winning this game. But they could get caught looking ahead. I do think that's a possibility. I think we just talked about Michigan having a bye. In those two weeks, how much time do you think was spent on Penn State? And how much time do you think was spent in Purdue? Not a whole lot of time on Purdue. Not a whole lot of time on Purdue. I agree. And you know Penn State's thinking the same. We've got to get ready. I do think this game's kind of tight, but Penn State is in control most of the game with that elite rushing tag, as you called it. Uh, Illinois at Minnesota. <laughs> that is an elite rushing attack, trust me. Uh, this one was kind of a toss-up for me. Uh, because of the injuries to that Minnesota backfield, I'm going to take another underdog here. I got Illinois winning this game. Wow, look at you, man. Look at you being a, a, a little sly with this. I got to go Minnesota. They have something to play for. Illinois doesn't have a whole lot to play for at this point. They're not winning the Big Ten West unless something crazy happens. I got to go Minnesota. I just don't know how Minnesota is going to move the ball. I don't know how they're going to put up points this week. So that was my one issue with them. So I say, I've been saying that for like three years for Iowa, and here they are. They have lost like three games in that time frame. Iowa at Northwestern playing at Wrigley Field in Chicago. What do you got here? Oh, that's really cool. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game, but I'm taking Iowa just because of how good their defense continues to play in Cooper DeGene, of course. I have no reason to pick Northwestern. I have zero reason. But man, am I on their bandwagon or what? Go Northwestern. They're going to win this football game. Wow. I know. I just don't I don't know what to think at this point. I mean, Iowa's defense is elite, but like that's okay, Mara, when we talk elite, that's Iowa's defense. That is not uh <laughs> the Penn State rushing attack. Uh, <laughs> I would say they're in a different rung, right? Elite is Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh Purdue going to Michigan in a week that's been just uh, two weeks maddening, probably the worst bye week you could have if you're a Wolverine fan. Um, Michigan, they're, they're going to come out. Are they going to be the Michigan that we've seen? Or are they going to be distracted? What are you thinking here? I got Michigan huge in this one. I, I don't think Purdue has any shot in this game. Wow. I, I gave you all of the reasons to think Michigan might come out a little rough, and you just you just – Basically shoved it all the sides of Josh. Not not happening. Yeah, Michigan huge. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, Michigan huge. I agree, but I do think it's a little tough in the first half. I think that they're in the kids' heads a little bit. I think the media is in the kids' heads a little bit. I do think Jim Harbaugh, though, is a really good coach. I think at the half, he's going to come come out and do what he does. They're actually, uh, forgive me for not knowing this, but if, if they were stealing signs, they don't do a very good job in the first half of doing that. The second half, they do a lot better. It seems to me like maybe the second half, they're they're in a better place. Maybe they're they're making the right adjustments. I think Michigan comes out in the second half after a little sluggish of a start. They put their foot down, and they get ready, and they run all the way to Penn State to go play in, uh, in Happy Valley. Hey, what do you think about this? Real quick, back to Michigan. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver in college football right now. He's going to be a stud when he goes on to the NFL. Uh, Ibuka, I think, is a maybe a clear-cut number two. He's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. What about Roman Wilson? I, I really enjoy watching Roman Wilson play football. He's JJ's number one target. Who he's else a, he's in the Big speedster, Ten is better man. than Roman Wilson outside of the two guys from Ohio State that I just mentioned? Keandre Lambert-Smith at Penn State is really good. Um but, uh, you got me. That's a good question. But right now, I mean, Roman Wilson has been 
playing out of his mind. And I haven't looked at this. I'll have to check this after the podcast. But, I mean, he's caught a ton of touchdowns this year. I'm curious to know how close he is to that Michigan receiving touchdown record. Uh, obviously, you got guys like, uh, you know, Braylon Edwards. You got other, you know, elite Michigan wide receivers. But um, a lot of guys that went on to play in the NFL. But I'm curious to see kind of where Roman Wilson stacks up with some of those other Michigan, iconic Michigan receivers. I... You know what? You've thrown me for a bone on this one. I'm not sure who I would put above him. I mean, Isaiah Williams from Illinois, I like. But you he's small. Lambert Isaiah Smith. Williams is he's really small. good, but he, I think he's five foot nine, right? He, he, he's smaller. So, but Roman's not a huge, huge guy. I do think, though. I mean, realistically, you're probably right. I, here's the thing, though. You could probably take ten receivers from Ohio State, and they'll be better than most teams. Like Brian Hartline over there is just a magician. Um, but Roman Wilson is really good. I don't know where he fits in the draft. I guess I haven't done a lot of research, but I do know he's a burner, and he is always open. If you watch the Michigan game, even if JJ's not looking at him, he's probably open. Yeah, I think he's smaller stature. Right? He might be six foot, but I think he's smaller stature. Uh, so that might he might fall in the draft a little bit. He might be like, um, and, and the guy's name is escaping my mind, uh, but the, the guy that played at Michigan last season, uh, Ronnie Bell, that got drafted. He was a yeah. fifth or sixth round pick, right? I can see Roman Wilson kind of being a, a later round pick, a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, and going into an NFL team and fitting in, making plays, uh, being a good fourth you know, option for a team. I, I like him. I really like what I've seen out of him so far this year. Well, I got a real question for you here. You said he's six foot, which he is. I'm looking at the current listing of this website. It says he's six foot. And for those of you that don't know, Mario likes to – we realize in college they usually over-exaggerate height and weight a little bit. But Mario typically will come up with a number that is very far off. If he's six foot 192, what is he actually, Mario? Okay, so if Michigan lists him at six foot 192, he's probably five, five, 160. I'm just kidding. He's probably five ten. <laughs> probably realistically, he's probably five ten, 180, right? Five ten and like five eights or something like that yeah, is what yeah. we're probably looking at. Five ten one eighty, but still, I mean, I can still see him uh, playing the slot. You know, uh, being a good third down, you know, option for a team in the NFL. I like what he does. He's got sure hands. He doesn't drop the ball. Uh, he runs good routes. He seems like he's got high football IQ. This is turning into a Roman Wilson uh, appreciation podcast. So. I don't know. I just he's like got what he 10 does. touchdowns this year. I mean, he he probably should get some appreciation. I don't know that I hear his name mentioned a lot. He has 10 touchdowns this year. That is very good. Um, but I agree. He's, he's a great player. I think you've got me thinking now. I got to start going through the list of receivers uh, in college football to say, where does he fit in this? But a team's going to be really happy with him when, when they draft him. Yeah, but absolutely. Mar, this was, this was fun, man. We went through a lot today. We've got a lot of very good football coming up. So uh, why don't we wrap it up? I'm excited for it. Um, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us. We had fun. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe on Spotify or, or whatever platform you use. Um, you can follow us on X at BTR Show Pod. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time.